Welcome back to your therapy tools. It's so nice to have you here. And if this is your first time here, my name is Elizabeth Choate, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and also a certified life coach. And today on your therapy tools, I would like to address borderline personality disorder. This is a mental health condition characterized by a pattern of instability in emotions, uh, dysregulated self-image, and interpersonal relationships. And it's important to consult with uh, a therapist, a psychiatrist, uh, to receive the proper diagnosis. So please don't go diagnosing yourself or others based on this episode. Um, but here are some common symptoms, and I want to make it clear. I work with, I have worked with and do work with clients who are diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And while it can be a, a very frustrating personality disorder to deal with, I also want to make it very clear that these people are not monsters. They're not monsters. They act like monsters. And you might find yourself feeling incredibly exhausted and frustrated because of the push and pull you receive from them. But ultimately, what they want more than anything is to be loved and to have their forever home with somebody. That's all they want but they're also terrified. They also have extreme fear of abandonment. So I'm, I'm going to go over some of the symptoms um, that you might see in another person, some of the behaviors you might see in another person that could indicate that maybe they have borderline personality disorder or some of the traits of borderline personality disorder. And, um, We'll, we'll discuss more about that in a minute. I received an email asking me to clarify more on the topic. So to my anonymous uh, listener who emailed me, this episode is for you. Okay, so you might notice intense fear of abandonment. People with borderline personality disorder, uh, they have an overwhelming fear of being abandoned. And this will lead to frantic efforts to avoid abandonment, whether it's real or whether they're imagining it. Um, and that's, that's something to look for. They, they're terrified of being abandoned. And oftentimes, maybe you've heard of reactive abuse out there on all the narcissist videos, how somebody pushes you, disrespects you, um, abandons you, and treats you like garbage and eventually you feel like you're backed in a corner so you come out swinging and you verbally abuse and you scream and you yell and you might break things and turn into a tasmanian devil because you have been pushed over the edge so you you come out with this reactive abuse well with a borderline personality disordered person um they might perceive that you're disrespecting. They might perceive that you're abandoning them uh, without a lot of facts to back it up. So when they perceive that, they can engage in reactive abuse towards you. And oftentimes it'll leave you feeling like, holy shit, what's going on? What happened? What? Why? How did we get here? Um, 
so we'll we'll talk more about what to do with that um, in a few minutes. But they they also have a pattern of like unstable and very intense relationships. So those are characterized by you know like a narcissism, the idealization. They have you on such a high pedestal. They are just worshiping you. And then they also will devalue you just like a narcissist. So uh, once they see your human side, like maybe the first time you uh, get sick and they see that you're not invincible like they thought you were, or maybe the first time that you fail at something or the first time that uh, you're tired and you forget to give them a kiss before you go to work those kind of things can knock you down a few pegs and sometimes knock you completely off that pedestal. And then it's all black and white thinking. You're, you're, you're going from being the king of the universe or the queen of the world to a pile of shit who's no better than anybody else that I've ever met in my life. So they have a, they have a pattern of that, that type of thinking. Um, they have identity disturbances too. They don't have multiple personalities or uh, anything like that, but they 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 often struggle with uh, distorted self-image. Um, it's unstable, and they have a fluctuating sense of self. They're they're not they're not uh, tuned in to themselves and their goals. They really don't know what their values are. They generally don't have boundaries and it seems like they're always having an identity crisis of some sort. They don't know where to target their sense of self. So, you know, you might say, I am an attorney and I am a mother and I am a cheerleader. You, you, you base your identity over what you do. And then of course, who you are, um, somebody with borderline personality disorder or the traits of they don't know who they are. They're lost because they have spent so much time trying to be everybody else's girl or everybody else's man being what people want them to be in order to gain that love that they so desperately want. So they have lost themselves in trying desperately to be everything to everyone just to get that love and admiration. And you might notice they change their hairstyle or their hair color a lot. Uh, they might change their style of, of how they dress. Like they could go from being Gothic to wearing business attire to dressing up like a cowboy. Um, they're constantly trying to find a self image that feels like home that feels like it fits. And most of the time, 90% of the time, they can't sink into that, not unless they really engage in therapy and learn who they are. Um, they also a, a exhibit impulsive behaviors. They can be very impulsive. Um, they can spend a ton of money. They can drive like, like they stole the car, <laughs> drive crazy. Um, They'll ingest anything you hand to them. Take this pill to make you feel good. Okay, cool. They won't say, hey, what's in it? What is this? They'll just say, yeah, sure. Um, drinking, binge eating, gambling, 
extremely risky sexual behaviors because they are hypersexual. Um, probably the best sex you've ever had in your life would be with a, with a borderline. They are super passionate. They don't care about boundaries and they want to be your dream lover. So they are givers for sure. And it can be uh, intoxicating to be with one sexually. Um, and this, this, this impulsivity that they engage in, it's usually for them, the reason they do it, it relieves their emotional distress. It helps them to just feel better, to feel alive in the moment. Um, some of them engage in self-harming behaviors as well for almost the same reason. It's, it's self-destructive. They cut themselves, they burn themselves. Um, they scar and maim themselves in, in different ways. And this is kind of a coping mechanism. Uh, it's a way to express emotional pain. It's a way to feel in control of themselves. It's a way to feel something because they often have this emptiness inside. Um, they have rapidly changing emotions also. They they feel empty, like I just said. They feel anger. They feel ripped off by life and by God sometimes. They just feel they have really been slighted. They see other people with this love and romance and happiness in their lives, and they don't have it, and they want it so bad, and it makes them sad. And this can cause mood swings, obviously, um, and it can be triggered by all kinds of things, uh, and you might not even notice or be able to figure out what the hell triggered this person. It could be anything. It could be a song. It could be a commercial. It could be a movie. It could be somebody's eye color. It could be a smell that they smell in the air that can trigger that shift in emotion. And remember, they're not monsters. They're deeply wounded people, deeply wounded. And what's different from the borderline and the narcissist is the narcissist will manipulate you for personal gain, for personal power. So they're trying to get money or control over you or to make themselves look good. It's all selfish and evil and disgusting with a narcissist. And they don't have empathy. They don't have, well, they do have empathy, but they use it in a really negative way. Uh, with a borderline the borderline is manipulating purely to gain love. They want to be loved. They want their forever home. They are tired of feeling empty. They want you to fill that empty space in their heart. And they're so hopeful. And they have a ton of empathy. They can read you. They can read you. They can read your emotions. And, you know, oftentimes they read too much into it. And that's where they perceive the abandonment, or they perceive uh, some level of disrespect. And then they come back with the reactive abuse. And you're like, wait, I didn't do anything. Um, they have chronic feelings of emptiness. It's not just, I feel a little empty. It's, I am chronically empty, like a plant that never gets watered. I am so thirsty for love and life. And please, fill me up. They don't know how to fill themselves up. They don't know how to water themselves, so to say. Um, they can have very, very intense and uncontrollable anger. Tasmanian devil, y'all. 
They can have frequent, intense episodes of anger that are disproportionate to the event that caused the anger. You know, you could break their coffee cup and they might take a baseball bat and destroy your vehicle. Or you could say the wrong thing and they could make a big public scene. And, you know, the reactive abuse kicks in because they perceive it uh, as catastrophic when it's really just something very minor. Um, And then after they have these outbursts, of course, they have a conscience. They're not monsters. They have a conscience. They feel horrible. They feel so shameful. They feel so apologetic. They feel so much regret. And they feel deep, deep sadness that they acted that way and that they could have possibly driven you away for good this time. It's that push-pull. It's that love bombing and then pushing you away. Why do they do that? They love bomb you because they want you to love them back. They want you to fill that empty space. They want their forever home with you, right? But when you give them any indication, you know how sometimes you just get sick of somebody and it doesn't mean you don't like them or you don't love them. You just want some time on your own. You know, uh, let me go hang out with my friends. Let me have a self-care day uh, away from you. And it's not because you don't want to be with that person. It's because you want the opportunity for you guys to miss each other. Um, That brings back a spark when you're allowed to miss each other and not hang out for the day. Um, And you go do other things that you love that are just for you. It makes you a better partner. But when, when you do that with somebody who has borderline personality disorder, they perceive it as you are pulling away. So they will sabotage themselves and the relationship because they'll think, uh oh, you're pulling away from me. Well, I'm not going to let you break my heart. I'll break yours. So they will take that to the extreme and they will become passive aggressive. They'll punish you somehow up to and including you might come home and all their stuff is packed and gone. And there's a note that says you made your choice. And then they're off somewhere crying their eyes out because they're feeling like, oh man, I overreacted again. Or did I, or, or they abandoned me. I lost again, you know? So a lot of times, and I call it raining on your own parade. So nobody else can that's self-sabotage in a nutshell. They engage in self-sabotage a lot because they want that love, but they fear it because if they embrace it and melt into it, it could be taken away. And then they're going to go back to that emptiness and that darkness inside, and they don't want that. So for them, it's better to just push it away and not believe it because when the rug gets ripped out from under you, it's less painful if you do it yourself. Um, They tend to dissociate a lot. They disconnect from themselves or the environment. Um, Sometimes it's mild detachment, and sometimes it's very distinct very severe dissociative uh, episodes. And that's, that's the result of borderline personality disorder itself is the result of trauma. They have had trauma in their past. Maybe they were parentified as a kid and they saw a bunch of stuff they shouldn't have seen. They could have been through a sexual assault experience. They could have been trafficked. They could have 
experienced domestic violence. They could have come from a war-torn country of some sort. The, the traumas are, are there with somebody. Uh, sometimes they come out of a narcissistically abusive relationship and it has changed them, and now they have borderline personality traits. But the good news is, with therapy and with putting in the work, people with borderline personality disorder can improve to the point where their symptoms go invisible. They go quiet. They dissipate. They're able to cope. They're able to reframe their thoughts, and they're able to function and have healthy relationships starting with themselves. And that is wonderful. And and dialectical behavioral therapy or DBT is the number one treatment for borderline personality disorder. So it is a symptom. The personality disorder itself is a symptom of trauma and abuse and they can improve. Whereas, a narcissistic individual, <laughs> they don't go to therapy. And if they do, it's to put on a show and make themselves look good. So they, they, they really don't improve. It, it's a, it's a damn miracle. If a narcissistic individual actually improves when they go see a therapist in their head, they're thinking, I'm going to prove that I'm smarter than you. You're just a stupid therapist and I know everything. And whatever homework you assign them or whatever, they may or may not do it. If they do it, they will do research and compound on it and say, well, actually I found this and this is better than what you gave me, but I get your point. You know, that's the kind of thing they do. Um, With borderline personality disorder, if they are truly engaged in therapy and they do all the steps and they learn all of the DBT tools, They can live a fulfilling, happy, beautiful life and get rid of that emptiness, but it's hard, hard work. So remember that they're not monsters like a narcissist. Um, They are human beings who have been deeply, deeply wounded. And, you know, I talk about anger being a secondary emotion. What do we do when we're hurt? We lash out. We lash out. We isolate, then we lash out. We isolate, then we lash out. So remember that. Now, how can you communicate with somebody who has borderline personality disorder and de-escalate the situation? So it's really, really important for you to approach with empathy. And hopefully everything that I have described uh, prior to this is helping you to understand where they're coming from, for you to have empathy for them. You're speaking to a deeply wounded person. And just like if you found a wounded dog on the side of the road and you stop to help that dog, that dog is afraid and deeply wounded and is going to bite you, but you'll probably let it bite you just so you can help it because you love animals, right? So think of it that way. Don't think of the borderline as an animal, but think of them as somebody who's deeply wounded. And when we are wounded, we lash out, okay? Make sure you have that understanding and that empathy. And validate, validate, validate. I don't care if they're screaming in your face that you're the worst piece of shit they've ever met. I want you to look past that. Put your ego aside and realize this person is hurting, 
That's why they're lashing out at you. They have perceived that you are going to abandon them or that you have disrespected them. Validate them. Stay very calm. Stay very composed. Do not raise your voice. Your own emotional stability can help set the tone and actually give that person space to express themselves. Okay. You validate their emotions. Even if you don't understand or agree with it, just tell them that their emotions are real. Their emotions are valid and help me understand why you feel the way you do. Cause I can't possibly understand how you feel. So help me to understand. Use empathic and non-judgmental language. Be very careful when you choose your words. Don't say anything critical. Don't say anything judgmental. Use I statements. I see that you're very angry. I don't understand why you're angry. Please help me to understand because I want to help you. I care. I'm here for you. And it. I, I forgive you for screaming in my face and calling me a pile of shit. Sometimes I can be a pile of shit. Shit, I'm human, right? It's okay. It's okay. If you need to take it out on me right now and cuss me out, you go ahead. I know you've got a lot of anger. And help me understand, how can I help you? It's also okay to say, hey, listen, I love you and I'm here to help you. I'm not going to stand here and listen to you scream at me. Let's talk normal. Let's talk civil, okay? I want to know what's going on with you. I want to help you. I'm here for you. I'm I'm also not going to let you scream in my face much longer. Uh, get it out. Let it go. You have the right to feel what you feel, okay? Uh, but let's let's tone it down. Once you scream in my face and get it out, let's calm down and talk, okay? Set very clear boundaries with these people. Let them know that this behavior is acceptable to me and this, this behavior is not. I, w- I won't stand there and allow somebody to yell at me. I will walk away. So if you're going to yell and scream, I'm going to have to walk away. Um, I'm not going to allow someone to put their hands on me. If you do that, I won't come back. So remember that when you feel like slapping me, right? Just set your boundaries. Don't tell them I have a boundary. <laughs> They'll laugh at you. They'll eat you up. You, you have to actually set the boundary by enforcing the boundary in the moment. Okay. Um, they're yelling in your face. You fucking, blah, 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 blah. you can stare at them very calmly and say, okay, do you feel better now that you've unleashed all that? Now that you've expressed all that emotion, do you feel better? Okay. So now I'm going to have to ask you to stop screaming at me. I've allowed you to scream at me for 10 minutes so that you can have that release. Uh, and now that's about all I can take. So if you're going to continue screaming, I have to leave. But if you want to sit down and talk, I am willing to listen. Okay. Make sure you are very clear with those boundaries. Offer reassurance and support. Like I just described, suggest taking a break. If you need to, I won't let people scream at me like that and cuss me out and call me those names. I'm going to go to Starbucks and grab us a couple coffees. Uh, I invite you to take some time and just do some breathing or something. Uh, just get yourself together and uh, here, drink this water. Hand them a bottle of water when their chin goes up. That's going to help. 
There's a science behind that. It really does help. Um, and take that little break and then come back. Always come back. Don't let them think you abandoned them because that's the first thing they're going to think when you walk out the door. I've been abandoned. Be patient. Be understanding. Take care of yourself. When you're supporting someone with borderline personality disorder, it can be very challenging. So it's crucial to prioritize your own well-being too. Make sure you have support from friends and family, your own therapist. And remember, each person with borderline personality disorder, they are a unique personality. And you have to tailor your approach to their needs. If it becomes too much or it's risk, a risk to your own safety, of course, you back off and get, get a mental health professional involved if you can. Um, so I'm running out of time, uh, but I hope that answered your question, Anonymous, who emailed me. Um, I hope that answered your question and helped a little bit. If there are any more questions or anything else that you would like for me to go into more detail in, just let me know. I'm happy to help. And um, above all else, take care of yourself. Self-care is so essential. And I know I say this all the time, but especially if you're supporting somebody who has borderline personality disorder, you need respite. You need time for you. So take care of you. And if you yourself might have borderline personality disorder. It's essential that you take care of yourself too. It's time for you to learn who you are, to figure out what it is that you value. What are your boundaries? It's time to have boundaries for yourself. It's time to take care of yourself. And it's time to learn how to love yourself. Because once you fill up that emptiness inside of you, you don't need it from anybody else, but it's sure a nice bonus, you know? So there is hope. Absolutely, there is hope. So take care of you and remember that you are always, always worth it. And I hope you have a fantastic Friday. Thanks for tuning in, Warriors. Until next time. <laughs>